Welcome to the Jonathan Shuttlesworth podcast. To stay connected, go to revivaltoday.com. And now, here is Evangelist Jonathan. I want you, if you have your Bible, turn it with me to Romans chapter 6. I want to um, put something in your head and in your spirit for this time of fasting and prayer, which is something that most Christians, most, not many, most, never get. Everything is a continual prayer project. Keep me in prayer. You know, it, it's like, it's just like a ritual. I know um, there's a lady I knew, and she's a great lady. She had a prayer list, and she showed it to me. She said, I've had this same prayer list since I gave my life to the Lord in the, in the 1970s. I said, has anything come off of it? There were like three things. That's most Christians. They pray and pray and pray. They don't receive change. I was preaching yesterday in Texas in here by the screens. And uh, I went to, a lady came and I was nice. Friday, she told me about a need that she had. And I prayed when, when she was in the prayer line. And then she waited after. Hey, you know that thing that I had you pray for? I wanted to tell you more about it. Obviously, it wasn't on the testimony. It was just more. So, okay, fine. Some people are new and you don't want to pounce on everybody. So I, I nodded my head. You can ask my daughter. I was very calm. I nodded my head and then prayed with her again. So then Sunday morning, she was back, and she's in line. I get ready to lay hands on her. She goes, what? And started talking. I went, be quiet and receive. I think I got that from my Uncle Ted. <laughs> Except I didn't say shut up. But uh, that's it. People, it's almost like they've burrowed in that that's going to be their problem for the rest of their life. Can you just keep me in prayer? When someone says, keep me in prayer, what are they telling you? They're not telling you they believe you're going to pray one time and God's going to set them free. Now, what's the record of the Bible? Jesus keep, how many, how many have prayer? And Jesus taught in Capernaum and then said, how many of you got a need tonight? We're going to go to my father in prayer. Lord, you see all the needs. Get, no, they brought unto him all the sick. And no matter what their sickness, it wasn't like it was like coughs and colds, blindness, paralysis, palsy, leprosy. They brought in them all the sick, and no matter what their sickness or what their disease, he healed them all. Healed them with a touch, healed them by his word, and that same hour, the man's servant was made whole. You can come out of this prayer and fasting a, a complete dominating champion over everything that used to torment you, and then never go back to those things again. Never go back to those things again. We, we, we played um, the highlight video from 2023 on New Year's Eve. You watched it. It was one test. It was moving buildings. It was big crowds of people coming to get saved. It was the airplane on down the line. Um, it wasn't. And then in February, Jonathan stubbed his toe. How many of you remember that? And then in March, Jonathan went on the sabbatical, and, but we were able to make it through. That is a mindset that has to be changing you from the, from the word. It, say this out loud. What I expect... I experience. I experience. Yeah, so if you're, the expectation of the righteous will not be cut off. If you expect life is ups and downs, and I, we all battle things, we all struggle, and I have my work cut out for me, because some of you have, have been pumped with the opposite message for 18, 20, 25, 31 years of, uh, 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 of your Christianity. I mean, we all go through hard, I'm not going through any hard times. There's not time left for going through hard times. 
Jesus is coming soon. When I preached that thing to you out of Amos 9.13 about there being um, uh, the plowman overtaking the reaper, the treader of grapes, him who sows seed. I'm, supernatural acceleration. There's no time to, to do anything but this. I don't have time. I don't have time. You know, why did Jesus pay a price for you to be completely healed? If, if I were, I'm not, if I were, for the sake of an illustration, uh, taken with some disease, that requires, and many of you know, that's not, your, your whole life now becomes revolving around that disease. When you can get in, when they can fit you in, if you miss your appointment, they're not going to shoot you, but you can't come back for another two months. So uh, I'd have to start calling pastors up. Hey, um, I know we have a revival scheduled end of February. That was the only time that the kidney specialist could fit me in. So I, I have to be, and, and that starts messing with my life. If you're going to run free and run fast and run hard, you have to have a healthy body. You have to have an overflowing account. There's no time to go to PNC Bank four times to see if I qualify for some money to front, getting paid back double what we end up borrowing over 20 years. No, God is making something available to us in fact that you, you latch on to in fasting and prayer. I mean, I never, when I was 19 and 20, I was just, I liked the miracle stuff about Jesus, and that was it. I still like it as much as I do when I was 19. But now that I'm 43, I catch the acceleration part. To have 12 guys you're traveling with and boats and you know, little verses that you skip over at 19. Ready the boats. That's work. Anybody that's ever done boat work knows that's work. He had systems in place. He was feeding his disciples. He was traveling and had money. They were arranging places to stay. He wasn't sleeping out in the desert. They said, where are you staying? And he said, come and see. And he came. Can you say amen? And so I noticed that stuff now, that along with miracles, and thou anointest my head with oil and my cup runneth over, which is uh, uh, overflowing financial provision. There's also this divine speed that you can tap into by God's grace. I'm not, now it looks like I'm hustling. I'm not. I, I really am not. I'm not saying that to be humble. I'm rested. Like everything I just did yesterday, I was, in, I was home in Pittsburgh. I was home by, by 6 o'clock after preaching in Texas till uh, almost noon and visiting with people after and went home and packed. So my house that I hadn't seen in 60 days. I'm, I, everything's easy because it's grace. It's not, I want to start a second church. I'm telling you, we can start a third church. Yeah, I, I, all the staff, we don't have anybody quitting. Everybody's happy. Nobody's being worked to the bone because it's God's grace. And that same grace, God doesn't have a grace for me and a different grace for you. That same grace is available to everybody. When you tap into it, life starts getting radically different. And I'm telling you, we're going to press in. We're going to press in this week, and you're going to start seeing not only every obstacle clear out of your life. You're going to start moving forward. You will never pick those obstacles back up again in Jesus' mighty I'm telling you, you'll never pick those obstacles up again in the name of Jesus. Romans chapter 6. I, uh, if you watched our morning broadcast, I'm not giving this as our theme for the year. It would be a pretty depressing theme. But I, the, I said one of the things that's going to happen, which I, I believe I'm going to release uh, little by little this week, things God spoke to me about 2024 like I normally do on New Year's Eve, is that 2024 will be a year where sin is exposed and judged. 
It's getting exposed and judged in the political world, in the celebrity world, and it's getting exposed and judged. The Bible says judgment must first begin in the house of God. Jesus is coming back for a pure and holy church without spot or wrinkle. He, he, I'm telling you, it's already happening. I played the videos this morning. I'm not going to play them in church. But, uh, you know, when you got a pastor's mistress bust in on Sunday morning down the center aisle and start yelling at him that you got me pregnant and the whole place just ruined the service, that, that's not, God is not going to allow people in the pulpit who are unholy to turn church into a zoo. And so whether people are on TV, whether it's a little church like that one that's not on TV or big TV ministries, this would be if you need to get rid of sin and get forgiven, I'd do it tonight. There's a law we covered uh, out of the book of Numbers. The Bible says that be sure your sin will find you out. That was one of my memory verses as a little kid. That's why I can still quote it. I still remember being taught it, and I so believe that verse. That's why I would, like, rat myself out every night at dinner time to my parents. Hey, I got a, I got a demerit today, and uh, my teacher was upset with me. And then I go get paddled. I, I squealed on my own self because I, I knew that verse. If you try, and then the Bible says he... Proverbs 23, 18, I believe it is. He who, he who covers his sin will not prosper. It comes out. Think of it. There's a law that goes with sin that you cannot hide it. It will come out. There's a famous golfer that lost everything for a period of time. He had a locked contact list on his phone with the women he cheated on his wife with, but then it escaped. One, one, it rang wrong. There was a glitch in the software and it rang to his actual phone. And and wives can pick that up. She heard it ring, and her spidey senses went up. And the next thing you know, he was getting hit with the golf clubs that he uses to hit the ball. (laughs) And if you're watching West Palm Beach, we love you. Well, I'm just using an, an example. So why? Because you can't. You can't cover sin. There was that website that they would advertise on the NFL and stuff, have a discreet affair. Where you, it was for married couples who wanted to have affairs with other people, and the whole contact list got, got leaked. Everybody, people committed suicide the next day. People lost their whole careers. It is impossible to hide sin. The Bible says, be sure your sin will find you out. When you're in the criminal, if you've ever talked to criminals, and I've talked to quite a few, quite a few. Some go to the church now, some haven't come yet, and I still talk to them. You know, it's a whole game of just trying to cover things that can't be covered. Who's going to rat me out? Did you hear that so-and-so got arrested? Have they talked? On and on. You have to hide your money. Drug dealers' money has no home, the one guy told me. That's why they buy cars and rims and all that. You can, if you're listed as working part-time at Quiznos, make a deposit for $170,000 every week. The IRS gets suspicious. So it's just, what a way to live. Just sorrow and trying to cover stuff up. But that's not our life. We're not trying to hide sin. We've been cleansed by sin, from sin by the mighty blood of Jesus Christ. If you're thankful for it, give the Lord a great hand clap. So I want to deal with more about, about sin. I want you to say something with me. There is a massive difference between the wicked and the righteous. You need to know which one you are. If you don't know which one you are, know tonight. And I don't just mean that for people that are watching on YouTube or that somebody brought as a visitor here today and you're not saved, though you're included. I'm talking about uh, people 
that you went to church and they talked to you just like you're a, a sinner. I mean, we all sin. I mean, we all displease God. No. When I read those scriptures, like Pastor Dean was reading, Psalm 34, Psalm 37, Psalm 1, there is a distinction between the wicked and the righteous. And this prophetic thing I'm telling you, that sin's going to get exposed this year. You, you need to pick which side you're on. I'm on the side of the righteous. I'm on the side of righteousness. I'm not selling my poli- uh, politically. I'm not going to sell out uh, uh, pro-life for equal pay. You're a Christian. We need equal pay. The whole message of the Bible is to have unequal pay. You're supposed, if you're believing for equal pay, find another church. We're believing for an overflowing cup and domination in the realm of money. That doesn't come from a political party. That comes from God. One more time, say it. There's a massive difference between the righteous and the wicked. And then it's going to get more massive. Malachi 3. Then again, will you see the difference between the righteous and the wicked, between those who serve God and those who serve him not? I'm, t- I, I'm telling you this not to brag. I'm telling you this just so you know. I don't drink. I don't smoke marijuana to help with my anxiety because there's no anxiety to be helped. I only give anxiety to other people. The first woman I ever slept with is in the front row, and that'll be the last one I sleep with. That's my wife. We're not, we don't live a double standard here. And when people tell you that nobody can actually live like that, you're listening to a devil. God didn't only command you to live holy. He gave full power from heaven for you to live holy. <laughs> then again, will you see the difference <clears throat> between the righteous and the wicked, between those who serve, serve him and those who don't? That Epstein list, if and when it ever gets released, is not going to be the last of that this year. There's going to be a house cleaning. People that have sat on things and felt like because they had lawyers and money in escrow for legal fees in the ministry and in churches that they could kind of do whatever they want. You're going to hear about people stepping down. And churches, we were in Fort Worth talking about what we're going to do for a permanent building. And I said, driving back, I said, churches are going to start popping up for sale everywhere. While I'm, on, while I'm in the flow... What COVID didn't finish off, COVID dealt, it wasn't COVID. It was the reaction to COVID by Christian leaders. Can I get in the media team my last tweet about um, your church doesn't have a seating problem? Can you pull that and let me know when it's ready? I want to play the video because I'm going to show you why I will never cancel. I already told you I'm never going to cancel church. When I saw fans finding their way to the seats in Buffalo and the, the seats haven't been plowed out yet, I Every pastor needs to watch that. There's some snow on the ground. They're wading through snow this deep and sitting outside in Buffalo. Now, Buffalo isn't nice even in the summertime. There's bullets, all kinds of stuff. And if you're watching from Buffalo, you have to agree. And now, what was the temperature today in Buffalo? Anybody? Yeah, Pastor Tony said minus 100. It, it's freezing. You, did people sit there for 20 minutes and get up and leave? Were people on the concourse? No. They dressed up in, in not even good snow gear, cotton stuff, and sat there with their families for four hours in that cold to watch the game. Watch. <laughs> First family. Pause it. Like a frontiersman. Okay, so I'm supposed to open another campus, right? Like in Beaver County, because it's a long drive to Montour Junction. They drove to Buffalo, then parked, 
Now, you drive to Buffalo, it's 50-50 whether your car's going to still be there after the game. I'm just telling you. I don't work for the Buffalo Tourism Board, so get over it. Go ahead, play the rest. <laughs> Clear your own seats out. Now, if that was a church, this is how it would have, Play it one more time. <laughs> First family. Like a frontiersman. Now, this, if that took place at a church, and I'm them, and these are my seats covered in snow, this is how this would have looked. They haven't shoveled this out. How are we supposed to get to our seat? This church is outdoors. It's winter time. Come on, guys. This is ridiculous. Now, let me see my tweet that I put up above it. So even if you don't follow me on Twitter, I'm going to force you to read my tweets. Remember, your church doesn't have a seating problem, parking problem, or location problem. It has a love for God problem. But we don't have that problem here. These are people that get shuttled in. See, that's what we're going to have. What the NFL enjoys now, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is going to enjoy, which is on fire, fiery love, love for God. You can't keep me out of God's house. I was glad when they said unto me. Can you say amen? amen. Romans 6, 1. By the way, we're going to do a surprise check the news uh, after the service ends, whenever it ends, and cover the Iowa caucuses because I'm interested and I'm going to read it anyway, so might as well do it with an audience rather than just annoy a Dallas doing check the news for her privately in the living room. <laughs> right? That's how it ends up. She's trying to get stuff done. Look at this idiot. Romans 6, 1. <clears throat> well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. I mean, no, we all sin. No, we should not sin. Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death, for we died. Now it's grouping you in with Christ. He didn't just die. We died. Everybody say, I died. Jonathan, where you're going, they could kill you. Too late. I beat him to the punch when I was four. Amen. I'm playing with house money. We died with Christ. And joined, that's what fasting is. Fasting is a death. It's a death to the flesh and a life to your spirit. Everybody say, I died. I died. But say to, to, to deal with sin. It says to die to sin. For we died and were buried with Christ. We joined him in his death. We were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. That's why we don't do sprinkling when we baptize. And I'm not, against, I'm not saying that because so churches that do sprinkling, we're, we're better than, I don't even know who does sprinkling. But I'm telling you where you get it from. Baptism is, they don't, when we buried my grandma a few months ago, we didn't stand her body up and sprinkle some dirt over her. We I know, I could have picked a better analogy, but we're going, we're going with my, my dead grandma, all right? We buried her in the ground. And then when you baptize, it's a signal that you've been buried with Christ, not sprinkled with dirt, and then raised to life, not with a little bit of resurrection life dribbling down your, your forehead, but covered in resurrection life, the old man dead, and now up. Able to live a new life. 
Anything the devil has put in your mind, you'll never be able to do. You'll never have victory over that. I tell you in Jesus' name, you already have the victory tonight. How many feel the anointing in here? I feel it. I, I know it's the Holy Ghost because it sure hasn't been my diet. I feel a strength in here. I said, I feel a strength in here. A strength to run these next 49 weeks. Hallelujah. Phoenix, Reno. I mean, when, I'm, when, I, when I finish here, I'm, I'm going to fly. Phoenix, Reno, San Diego, L.A., 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 back here. I posted the schedule. We're calling it the righteous possess the West Coast. And somebody wrote, joking, another evangelist wrote, oh, only the West Coast? I wrote, no, I'll actually be in Pittsburgh and Texas the same week. I'm just promoting part of the week. Can you say amen? amen. It's running time. The hand of the Lord, after Elijah prayed that prayer, the Bible says the hand of the Lord came upon him and he outran the king's chariot. That hand's coming on you right now. There are people that have a business in one location that'll have a business in at least two locations before this time next year. That's a fact. And it won't even feel like you're doing anything. Can you say amen? You know, on top of everything, we're looking at a space right now in Pittsburgh. We're starting to have 40 or 50 people from the church do Revival Today Fitness. So sorry to get, let the cat out of the bag, but I, I can't keep secrets. So if you don't want me to, to say anything, don't tell me. <laughs> Close by, we're looking at a space to make a state-of-the-art Revival Today gym for our members of the church for free to work out together and to have space. Amen. Oh, yeah. Just for fun. Because, and, and it's, the, it's the same money we're already paying. You know what I mean? To, to do stuff, except we'll have our own space. So it's not like it's extra money. So things that would be a massive venture for other people. You know, I won't feel thinking about starting. If somebody told you they're thinking about starting their own gym, that's a big deal. That's like their life's work. But the anointing makes what other people would take their whole lifetime to do just kind of like trickles off of you by the anointing. That's what you're going to do. Some of you that have a business in one area, you're going to start launching things like a friend of mine that does well digging. And I was talking to him about getting the same equipment that drills and doing natural gas because that's going to open up. I just talked to a friend of mine that's a natural gas. said it's heating up in Colorado. It's heating up in eastern New Mexico. It's heating up in west Texas. Get in on it. God's going to give you instead of, you know, you know, I, I do paving work and it really dries up this time of year. Get a second thing. Can you say amen? Rather than trying to live on your October paycheck till April. God will give you extra ventures. God will give you multiple vessels and the oil will never run dry. Let me tell you, I don't care what your age is. If you're Camila's age or you're in your seventies, I tell both groups equally and every group in between. You're not finished. You're just getting warmed up. Things are going to open up and explode this year by the grace of God. And I'll tell you from somebody that's a little, might be a little bit down the road from you. You'll feel like you're doing less, doing 10 times as much. Because it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by the Spirit of Almighty God. <laughs> Say with me, Elijah, Elijah outran the king's chariot. The king's chariot. How many chapters do you read about him training to do that? What paragraph deals with stretching? There's no tri trips to Dick's Sporting Goods, nothing. He did it either in sandals or barefoot, 
which sandals might be more impressive than barefoot. Either way, it's insane. You imagine being in a horse and a king has the best horses and you're in a chariot and you're going full speed and you see an old man pass you on foot. Can you imagine being on 376 and an old man passing, hey, pastor. Somebody say the hand of the Lord. Somebody say divine speed. How did we end up there from baptism? I was trying to think about baptism. We're getting gems and stuff. Anyway, number five, since we have been united with him in his death. Everybody say, I'm united with Christ. We will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves, I'm not, how many know we're all sinners? No, old sinful selves that I drowned in 1988. That sinner's dead. Our old sinful selves, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. Seven. For he that is dead is freed from sin. That's right. You ever notice there's no uh, uh, liquor stores and graveyards? Somebody's sneaking out at night, digging their way to the top, get some alcohol. Dead people don't sin. So when by the Spirit, your flesh is put to death and crucified with Christ, it's not you trying not to do sin. It's that the same way those in the ground, their flesh has no desire or capacity to sin. The Holy Spirit puts you in that category. For he that is dead is free from sin. Let's see how it says it here. Although I don't know if you can get simpler than that. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. Since we died with Christ, we also know that we'll live with him. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and he'll never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. Somebody say sin's power is broken. I'm happy to pray with people that want prayer over like a a habit or a struggle, but they don't know the word because if you know the word, there's, there's nothing to pray about sin's power. It doesn't say, and now there's one coming whose name is Jonathan. There's nothing, nothing to do with me. Sin's power has been broken. That's why you can get free just from the word. The entrance of his words bring, give light, bring light from the inside. I don't need prayers. I could have a thousand witches praying to make me bound. They can't override what Jesus has already done. I'm not trying to get free. I am free. There is no way to have a C minus comprehension of these verses and, and believe that you have a generational curse as a believer, just so you know. So if you want some nutcase to make money off of you, then go for it. If you want to spend $399 on a 40-day deliverance pack, knock yourself out. Throw in a carton of cigarettes while you're at it. It's a waste of time. I believe we, how many of you know when we get saved, we still have many generational curses from our past that cling to us? Bible, scripture, please. Where are you basing Just because you say it in that voice doesn't make it true. Quit deceiving the body of Christ. I said, quit deceiving the body of Christ. I mean, no, we, we carry demons with us in our souls. Oh, we, watch the we part, you lunatic. Demons in our souls. You got to be out of your mind. Totally out of your mind. 
And since we died with Christ, we know we'll live with him. We're sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and he'll never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So you should also consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin. You should also consider yourself to be dead to the power of sin. You should, you, you should also, I battle sin. That's the opposite of what it just said. You should consider yourself. I consider myself, Jonathan Shuttlesworth, not because I'm a pastor. I've only been a pastor for two years anyway. I consider myself dead to the power of sin. I thank God for my father because there was no, as a preacher, as a Pentecostal preacher, there was no, the devil tempted me. He'd say stuff like, like this to me, Jonathan, you did that. And I don't know. There was no, I don't know why the enemy would set me up. No, there's no enemy setting you up. You did that. You have to take responsibility for your own life. That's another thing that fasting and prayer is. I can pray for you. I can't fast for you. And I can't do your praying. So prayer, fasting and prayer is actually you hitting the gym for yourself. I am going to develop my own spirit. I'm not going to be like the gospel's disciples. I'm going to be like the book of Acts disciples. I'm not going to say, Jesus, how do you pray like that? Show us how to pray. We keep falling asleep. No, I don't want to know someone who knows how to pray. I want to get filled with the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead and run my race in his strength. Now, I know I'm looking at a group of people that have made that same decision. I tell you again, you're going to run this year. So you should also consider yourself dead to the power of sin. Until you consider yourself that way, you're having people waste their time praying for you. And then like that lady in Texas, and she's not the last one or the first one. Finish praying for him. All right, I'll pray with you. Jesus' name, be free. Thank you. It's just against, especially on Fridays, it's really hard for me. <laughs> Still Monday. Why do you have an expectation for Friday? You have, there comes a point where your believing has to turn to receiving. I receive. I'm not believing for a jet. I received a jet. I received this building by faith. I didn't, but we're believing, you know. Brother Jonathan, we heard about you getting that building. We're believing. Okay. For how long? Been believing since the 90s. And something's messed up and you're believing. You know how to use the words. But you don't know how to actually do it because believing quickly turns to receiving according to Jesus Christ. Believing you shall receive. Say it with me. Believing you shall receive. Faith, it is impossible for faith to stay in the invisible realm. Faith produces visible fruit. By faith. You know, you read Hebrews 11, by faith, Noah did this. By faith, by faith. By faith, this wall came up. The money for the wall. The money to buy the sheetrock. This building. Those cameras. Those are all, that drum set, they're all manifestations of faith. This was an empty room. And faith built the room in a handful of months with divine speed, with anointed workers that did a year's worth of work in 80-some days. Here, 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 banging it out. That's the anointing. The anoint, get out of this ethereal Christian realm. I mean, and it's not people's fault. They've had speakers speak like that. I mean, you know, I might not have any money in the bank, but I'm still blessed. Something's wrong. Because there's people that have money in the bank that aren't blessed. So what are you talking about? 
Furthermore, it's, such, it's so doubly hypocritical because usually the conference speaker that is telling you, I mean, you know, I might not have any money in the bank, but God still says I'm blessed. They, they refuse to come to that event unless you give them a cashier's check for fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000. So it's a lie. You do have money in the bank. You're lying to the people. Instead of lying, why not tell them the truth? I do have money in the bank. God put it there, and the same God that did it for me will do it for you if you'll only believe. I might not have any money in the bank. We might be sick in our bodies. We, we might sin every day. Why, why do you teach people that all the things we were redeemed from, we have? I don't have sin. I don't have poverty. I don't have sickness. Not only do I not have those things, I have dominion over poverty. I have dominion over sin. Dominion over sin. And I have dominion over sickness and disease. Jesus didn't just say, if you serve me, I'll keep you healthy. He added something to it. In the Old Testament, it was, if you serve me, I'll keep you healthy. But then Jesus added, you'll lay your hands on the sick. Not only will I keep you healthy, you'll lay your hands on the sick and the sick will recover. And obviously you won't get sick. Obviously it's implied when you give someone a command to lay hands on lepers that you're not going to have the leprosy. Can you say amen? Amen. So I want you to catch this tonight. It's not just that you're free from sin. It's a step further. I have dominion over sin. To shut the shop down. My friend called me one time. He had relapsed on heroin. Probably back 2018. And I finished my broadcast. Went to the heroin flop house where he was at. In my suit and tie. I was going to change. But then I thought if the place gets raided, I don't want to look like I'm one of them. Hey, I'm actually a minister. Get in the car or we're going to shoot you. (laughs) Bad day to wear an Adidas track suit. So I kept my suit on. And I walked into that heroin flop house, and he was sitting there shaking. I'm sorry, man, I messed up. You know, drug addicts never stop talking. So I sat on the couch next to him and just sat there. I had read, I had done a study that morning on 1 Samuel chapter 5. Put, turn to 1 Samuel 5. Let's talk about what happens when you fast and pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. First Samuel 5, 1 Samuel 5.1, after the Philistines captured the Ark of God, the Ark of the Covenant, they took it from the battleground at Ebenezer to the town of Ashton. They carried the Ark of the Temple into the Temple of Dagon and placed it beside an idol of Dagon. That was their main God. And they mistakenly set the Ark of the Covenant next to their main God. And what happened? But when they placed, when the citizens of Ashdod went to see it the next morning, Dagon had been knocked on his face to the ground in front of the Ark of the Covenant. So they were too dumb to realize what happened. It just took, oh, that's never happened before. Put it up again. But the next morning, the same thing happened, except this time, Dagon had fallen face down before the Ark of the Lord with his hands broken off. 
His head and hands had broken off and were lying in the doorway. Only the trunk of his body was left intact. So that Ark of the Covenant that carried the glory of God was set next to their main idol, knocked it down. Then when, when they popped it back up, it knocked it down more violently the next night and its head and hands broke off. Let, let me show you something the Lord gave me by revelation. Everybody say head and hands. Head and hands. Go to John chapter 1. I have, if you can't tell, I have a major excitement in my spirit for this year. I said some things to my wife on the flight down to Texas that I'm only going to say to her about how I feel about our ministry. Because it would sound arrogant to say it in front of people. But, and I'm not saying that out of arrogance. I'm just telling you, there is a wave of momentum behind this ministry right now. And we're not going to lose it. In fact, when we did what no eye has seen, there's a pastor that I've never talked to before, but I know who he is. He's a, he's a Good guy, 70 years old. He called my Uncle Ted up during what no I had seen because tons of people were watching. He said, the Lord showed me that your nephew is riding a wave and he's about to hit the crest of the wave. So I thought there's going to be some negative word and then you're, and he's going to go down. And he said, when he hits the crest of the wave, it's going to shoot him up like when people parasail even higher. That's a guy that doesn't even know me. And we're not friends. Or, I mean, I don't say if he's watching, I'd be happy to be your friend, but we're not friends right now. <laughs> I mean, we can't be friends. I'm just... <laughs> I'd be happy to be your friend. So I feel that right now. I feel in my spirit. I can feel it strong. Jonathan, uh, thank you for thanking me for what I've done. But just like when I watched the old broadcast, and, and we're like thanking God that somebody gave us $500, and like shouting about it like somebody gave us a building because it was big at the time. And we watch it and laugh. I know. There, if Jesus tarries another three years, we'll be like, remember we were like rejoicing because we filled uh, 107 for prayer and fasting. Now we're having it at some like, we, I'm telling you, this church will have a problem till Jesus comes where we won't have places to put people. And I'm probably not going to break it into multiple campuses ever. Unless, you know, any, Jesus can do whatever he wants and tell me whatever he wants. But I, I like, I like there being one group of a thousand or 2000 people instead of 10, 200s. Amen. Even like if somebody gives you a bunch of money, it looks nice stacked. Instead of like spread out. Oh, you like that example? All right. I'll do more money, less dead grandma. John 1. She's in heaven, so it's, it's okay. John 1. Verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. So all my friends here that are going to university... And, and you meet people from other religions that Jesus was God's created son. No. Jesus, in the beginning, was the word, capital W, Jesus, in the beginning. He existed from the beginning. He's co-equal with God. In the beginning was the word. No, we believe Jesus is a prophet, just like Muhammad and Moses. No, he's more. he operated in the office of a prophet, but he existed from the beginning, and all things were created through him. Jesus is God. I said, Jesus is God. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jehovah's Witnesses add an A there, and the Word was a God, but that's not in the original transcripts, you cheaters. <laughs> he existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. Hallelujah. 
The word gave length to everything that was created. And this length brought light to everyone. Light shines in the darkness. Verse 5. And darkness can never extinguish it. And another translation says, darkness cannot comprehend it. What does it say, King James? Light shineth in the darkness. Yeah. And darkness can't comprehend it. King James. New living can't extinguish it. Head and hands broke off. Can't even comprehend how to stop it. Doesn't, if it could, doesn't have the capacity. It'd be like me. Now, the way to stop this bus would be to get in front of it. But then if I do it, I'm going to get run over. So that's it. The devil's too stupid to figure out a plan to stop that power, to stop Christ. And it, who's the head of the church? Yeah. Anytime we've gotten pressed at this church, the church grew another 200 people instead of get shut down. Take, yank the parking. Now, what happened when the parking got yanked from us by a conspiracy? By people who didn't want us here and called them and broke our agreement illegally. What happened? That What should have happened? We, well, pray, how many remember the first year we were growing? Then that happened. That We may only have 100. Yeah. That's where we should have been. But what happened instead? Boom. Again, I'm not being nice. You can tell I don't, I'm, I'm not trying to be nice. I'm telling you, God has put not only every time were we pressed did the church grow. It, it brought people that are tough Navy SEAL. That's why we're having a, a, a church service during Steeler playoff games and the crowd's unaffected. That, they don't have that other places. I watched a church in Pittsburgh. Somebody sent me their thing. They canceled yesterday morning. Hey, guys. It's always the same testosterone voice. <laughs> I meant to think that. But I said it. <laughs> hey, guys. Our serve teams have let us know that, that, that a lot of the side roads haven't been plowed. And uh, so out of an abundance of caution, we're going to just ask you to stay home today. But guess what? You can still have church. Now, they're not even going to do anything online. But you can still have church. This is what they said. I'm saying it word for word. Throw on some worship music. And then read some scriptures together as a family. Let me tell you something. How much do you have to not know? I, think, I feel like pastors didn't like not grow up in America. Do they not know people? If you cancel church, that would be like saying, hey, Camila, school's canceled. But I'd encourage you to set up a desk. <laughs> get out your textbooks. <laughs> yeah, she'd be like, yeah, do you? All right. That's good to hear. You actually think people are going to have, hey, kids, wake up. Church is canceled. We're going to throw on some worship music. Dad's got his prophetic flags. <laughs> Lead you into the throne room. Then I've prepared a short sermon. People aren't going to touch it. People are going to wake up and just go about Sunday. Jesus is never going to get one, one entrance into their life. How can you be that dull in the head? We encourage you to hold your own church service at home. That's what everybody did. We fought freaking court cases. And here we are. Three and a half years later, and you have people voluntarily shutting down what you went to court to keep open. I was talking to my dad about, you know, my dad's more diplomatic. He said, well, well Jonathan, if the, if the snow was really bad, you wouldn't ask your people to risk their life. I'm not asking anybody to do anything. I'm telling you, this church will be open and I'll be here on Sunday. What if there's a storm? Then I'd leave Saturday and stay in the parking lot, dressed, and go to church. I've done, I did that on the road when I couldn't afford hotels. All the time. It's no big deal. I'm not getting soft. I'm going to tell you right now. 
I will live in this country. I will enjoy this Wi-Fi. I will enjoy lattes and everything there is. But I will not let this country turn me into a soft American preacher that can't go to Africa, that can't go to Sri Lanka, that can't go to the slums in Mumbai and lay hands on people. No, we can enjoy the blessing of God while still maintaining our fire. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I'm, uh, you can be seated. You're not going to trick me into quitting this early. <laughs> you know, while I'm a little wound up, let me just mention, you know, to my reformed friends, you're always these prosperity preachers. The, the gospel talks about suffering. Where were you during COVID? I never saw you when I had to get a lawyer. You all shut your churches down. These prosperity people are about blessing. Bible talks about suffering and persecution. Yeah, you hid. You had your chance. Where were you? You were on an eight-month sabbatical. You talk a big game. These prosperity, don't tell me these prosperity preachers talk about prosperity, but they won't suffer. I, we, we're the ones that went to jail, not you. You ran and hid with your little zip-up fleece vest. It's like the reformed uniform. I'm not afraid of suffering, but I'm not going to suffer from stupidity. I'm willing to get arrested. Well, actually, I'm not willing to get arrested. It's illegal to arrest me for doing what I'm doing right now. And, and you want to know who else was not willing to suffer if it was unnecessary? The Apostle Paul. Time to that post and whip his back. Hey, before you whip my back. Is it legal to whip a Roman citizen without a trial? Oh, I didn't know you were a Roman citizen. Well, I am. Okay. Yeah, he didn't get beat for free. I'm willing to take a beating for Christ. After you get through him and him and him, whatever's left of you, knock yourself out. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. I'm not suffering, though, from, a, from stupidity and poor planning. We have to take the bus. You don't have to. You can use your faith for all kinds of things. I only have enough money for the bus. No, you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised about airlines running deals. I told you about that. that I don't know, people just love whining about their own self-imposed suffering. Preaching in Plattsburgh, New York, and the pastor's a nice guy. He asked me to, to, hey, there's another evangelist in this district. The pastor I was preaching for was the district um, superintendent, no, not district, sectional presbyter for, for the Assemblies of God in upstate New York by, by Plattsburgh. Hey, there's another evangelist in the section. I'd love for you to meet him. And uh, yeah, no problem. So we went out to eat after the service. You know, I didn't tell him. I didn't say, now where are you staying? I'm staying in a little motel. I'm staying in a nice hotel. They always have to bring it up. Let me have um, the last tweet that I No, not the last tweet I wrote. Let me have the, the, that guy that criticized me. Don't write, don't put on the screen what I wrote back to him because it's not... <laughs> It's not really like for church. It's more for Pramanis. I'm just going to show you how these people think. They're, they're still so, and I've been around them my whole life, so they don't bother me. So he goes, uh, you know, he has to bring it up. Where are you staying here? Because he's preaching in the same town. I said, I'm, I'm staying at the La Quinta Inn, which was the nicest hotel in that area. Oh, must be nice. I don't get to preach in big churches. I'm staying at the Motel 6. I said, can I ask you a question? How much are you paying per night to stay at the Motel 6? $69.99. I pulled out my phone and showed him my confirmation. I'm staying at the La Quinta. 
for 52 bucks a night. I went on Priceline. Instead of going to a town and finding the crappiest place and paying what's on the sign in neon, I looked for the best place and then started looking how to get it for the least money. Oh, yeah, oh. It's not the devil. It's not big. If you preached at big churches, you'd still be living like that because your mind, what you expect is what you experience. I refuse. I refuse to allow anything in my mind or spirit about it's the Northeast. Church growth is the smallest. You want to know something? That we actually, where other people see disadvantage. If you get your faith right, you will see an advantage every place people see a disadvantage. You know, you start a church in Fort Worth, you're surrounded by 8,000, 5,000, 4,000 seat churches. There's none like that here. You're the only game in town. That's an advantage. Well, people don't go to church. Well, let's see whether they do or not. Let's see whether the word can draw people in in Pennsylvania like it does Texas. You know, people get it all messed up. It'll be easy starting a church in Texas, but it must be hard in Pittsburgh. No, actually, Pittsburgh people are great. And Texas people are great. There's no disadvantage for the Christian. The eyes of faith will cause you to see an advantage. I'm, I'm telling you right now, I'm not rooting for it. But if, if, if there is a crash of some kind in the economy this year, what's the first thing that gets hit? Commercial real estate. And places, people that own buildings that are renting them out, that don't have anybody to rent them and haven't had them for 18 months. If they hear on the news it's worse, and now it's gone that most people don't have any space rented, they're going to start selling their bill. And they're reading in Business Insider and everything else that the day of large office space is open, blah, blah, blah. They're going to sell for pennies on the dollar out of fear. I will be looking in eyes of faith. I'll say, that's right. You're right. No one is going to use those buildings anymore. Anymore. You better sell it to me for this little amount I'm giving you. I can help you out. Where others have disadvantage, I'm not with them. I am a child of the Most High God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't have what the world has. I have what the Word says I have. I don't have what the world has. I have what the Word says I have. And because God is true to His Word, I have an expectation for it to actually be a reality. That plane, you want to know how that plane came into our possession? From the scripture, I will cause you to ride upon your high places. I believe it literally. I don't believe that planes, okay, put the, put the tweet up. Um, th- that's not all on the screen. Can you, can you reformat so I can read it? Okay, so I wrote that first tweet. Put the first tweet up while you recut it. So I wrote, remember, your church doesn't have a location problem, parking problem, seating problem. It has a love for God problem. Now, we don't. I wasn't saying our church. I said, I said your church. We have the opposite. We have people too in love with God. We have people that it's not their turn to volunteer, and they sneak in in glasses, nose, and mustache and volunteer anyway. But I hear pastors, you know, if we, we need a new location. We're kind of out in the woods. Why does that even matter anymore? People use GPS. How many of you drove here from, uh, who's here from Canada tonight? What difference would it have made? Kenny, Kenya? 
Kenya, what difference would it have made if I had a good location? You popped me in on your GPS and followed the blue line, correct? Correct. So it doesn't even matter. People are looking. That's why people don't fast and pray. They think outward things solve the problem, but they don't. If you're having people healed of cancer and delivered from fentanyl, they will find you. That is actually the story of the Pentecostal church. They would not zone tongue talkers to be in the city. I, my dad preached in those churches. They'd always tell you, we got a great deal on this land. I know. I needed a compass and Sacagawea to help guide me into your church. Way on the edge of town. Way out in a field. Tent meetings out in the middle of nowhere. And people flocking by the tens of thousands because the blind see, the deaf hear, the cripple walk, and the poor are having the gospel preached to them. Brother Shambach purposely put his tent in the worst parts of town. Very bad parts of town. And had 5,000 people a night coming under the tent. Coming, coming where the police won't go. See, we're not like other people. We don't need good location. We don't even need a location. Paul started a church in prison. They threw him in prison. He came out with a church there. And the Philippian jailer was the pastor, according to study Bibles. You put, you, you put an anointed person anywhere, and they'll start taking over. Tom Duchel, in his 20s, word of faith guy. I think he was at Rama was praying and had the Lord speak to him the word Rhodesia. So he looked up what it was. It's that's Zimbabwe's old name. Took his family and started a church there. While the country was in complete free fall, there was a big look. If you watch, it looks like America. It's built like America. Every it's not well, bear with us, you know, we're in another country. He brought that place up to his level. You are going to bring things up to the level that God has put you, which is seated with Christ in heavenly places far above. Okay, my tweet. Remember, your church doesn't have a seating problem, parking problem, or location problem. It has a love for God problem. People love God. People love the Steelers. They don't care if there's parking or not. They'll pay ridiculous amounts of money to go park and walk in freezing weather for a mile and a half. True or false? Why? Because when you love, just like you, nobody had to tell you about three keys to giving to your girlfriend. You just gave everything you had and found a way to give more because you were in love. When you're in love, it'll cause you to do wild things. When you're in love with God, that is the greatest place you could ever direct your love. That should, you should make that in this third week. A massive prayer point. Father, the love I have for you, let it go 10x, 20x. Let me have a love for you like David had. Uh, uh, Daniel, Abraham, love, fiery, I love you, Lord. You are my God. David had a love for God. Why did he fight Goliath? When they insult you, he wrote in the Psalms, it's like they're insulting me. You're not going to call my wife a name and be well, that's her problem. Oh, yeah, that's why I, I, it was a reflex to get a, a, a lawyer to sue the attorney general for shutting churches down in Pennsylvania. I don't have, I did not have a church. You, it bothers me that you're, now you're trampling into my thing. Christianity is my thing. Not we'll protect our church and how's our giving. No, I actually have eyes for the church. I care about Dag Haywood Mills Crusades. They're not mine. I don't care. I want the church to grow. 
And if you go against that, it's not, well, it's not my church. It's not my crusade that got shut down. No, I don't feel like that. I got about 20% Irish in me. And you know what that means. Is this a private fight or can anyone join? And you say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, I pray. And I'm going to tell you something. Romans 12, 9. Let me have Romans 12, 9 on the screen. Romans chapter 12, verse 9. Let love be without dissimulation. Can I have it in the New Living Translation? Abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. NLT. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Now you wouldn't think the hate what is wrong is even in the Bible. I mean, we're to love. Yes, we are. But there is no love without hate. Because when you love, I love my daughter. Someone breaks into our house to harm her, there's going to there's gonna be another side they're going to find to that love, which is death. Can you say amen? amen? Just throwing it out there for any criminals that are watching. Pick another house. Can you say amen? amen. Oh, yeah, there's no. Well, well, we love. I love, you know, I love. So I would do something, but I love. No, the love would compel you to action. I don't hate the government. I don't hate the the man that was in charge of shutting churches down at the time. But if you touch my thing out of a love for that, you're going to catch a different side of me in the anointing. You cast devils out out of that love. Out of the love for the person, you hate the thing. That's why most people don't have any results in their prayers. Because they don't have true love. The love has a hate for the thing that's destroying the person. You know, when you watch my Uncle Ted pray for the sick, there's, there's some, now Lord, as they're going through this problem, he'll tell you foul spirit of infirmity that makes this, that makes this person like that. I adjure you in Christ's name, come out. Jesus cast out the devils and they marveled. He has real authority, quite unlike the teachers of religious law. Can you say Amen. Love what is good, hate what is evil. Now, I pray during this time of prayer and fasting that that would be something, just like you want to keep your love for God 10x, keep your hatred for evil, not evil people, evil. Because what happens? They slow rolled this country into sin. You never saw two men kiss on TV. Then you had the first show where two men kissed, and anybody, church or not, then... uh, you know, they have one character on the show, and they don't show it that much. And then they soft-soap you into just, it's not that you participate, but you have no stance against it. No big deal. You know, teach his own. Love what is good and maintain. If the Bible says a challenge of the last days is that many's hearts would grow cold, grow cold, and sin would be rampant everywhere. I can tell when I listen to many people preach on Sunday that they don't have that hatred for sin. That's why no one gets delivered. from. They're not preaching against anything. Everything's for, but you can't be for everything. You have to pick a side sometimes. And in not picking a side, you pick a side. If Adonis is getting beaten in the parking lot by somebody that wandered over drunk from a bar, well, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna help him beat you, but I'm also not gonna get involved. You know, I've chosen a side to do nothing. 
That's why there was such, such an abhorrence during the Revolutionary War for people, well, you know, no, I believe what the British are doing is wrong, but I'm not going to get involved. They, they, they actually hated those people more than the British because you, you sold this out. Rodney Howard Brown, you saw me do that Saturday night Instagram live. Rodney Howard Brown had to go to jail because pastors wouldn't stand. My friend, Pastor Phil Hutchings in New Brunswick, seven days, the Canadian government made a point to break him. Seven days solitary confinement. One meal a day slid under the door. No time out, not even an hour. He stayed in a room by himself for seven days and, and it messed with him. He's got a wife and three young kids. I talked to him. He was, I was the second person he called when they released. Just so you know, our church sent him uh, his wife 5000 for the week. Just I don't know how people are doing. I want to make sure I can do what I can. You know why he had to go to jail? Because all the New Brunswick pastors that shut their mouth and played ball, you'll answer for that. Can't just pop back in your pulpit and act like nothing happened. Just like if you fought in the Revolutionary War and got your arm blown off, and you come back and some guy that stayed home, and now you won. Hey, it's great we won. Watch the we part. I lost an arm. Rodney Howard Brown went to jail, and I talked to him. He's, he's a strong man. That's hard on your wife. That's hard on you. And if 10,000 pastors would have stood up in Florida and said, we're having church. Anybody see Dr. Fauci get debriefed this week and say out of his own mouth, the six feet distancing was made up out of thin air. And that's what the cops were coming in the church checking on something you made up. But y'all, the only scripture you know is Romans 13. Obey the government. Hitler's favorite scripture. As if it's the only scripture. How many know we're always to obey the government? Please explain why Daniel was in the lion's den. Please. I want to hear. What was Paul in prison for? City inspection? Beaten with rods. We order you to preach and teach no more in the name of Jesus. Sirs, let us clearly state, we would do you think we'd rather please you than please God? No, we would rather please God than man. I was listening to a man today. It popped up in my feed on Twitter. God, family, country. In that order. God's first. So what did you hear pastors tell you? It's amazing how people shroud their ballistness in scriptural understanding. Sorry, I haven't eaten in a while. That they're actually the ones making the right choice. What do you have them say during the whole time? No. We're to shut down, and uh, that's the right thing to do. Actually, Pastor Rodney's creating a problem. He, you know, he's going to lose his church. And now what do you see? I'm bringing this up for a reason. There are churches that have still not recovered from that, and they're hanging on by a thread, and many are going to get finished off this year because they've not repented. They've not come back. That All COVID did was expose who's on the Lord's side and who's not on the Lord's side. That's all it did. It exposed who didn't have roots. And they, some have. I told on that broadcast, one guy called me. He said, I want to apologize to you. I, have, I already called Pastor Rodney and apologized to him. He sent a large offering to Pastor Rodney and a large one to me. I was wrong. I didn't know about any of that stuff back then. I know about it now. Forgive me. I forgive you. But all these people want to just act like nothing happened. And you're still running your church that way. Canceling because it's going to be 16 degrees out. Is your church outside? Do you, don't you have an overhang? People get dropped off and walk six steps. They're not going to die. 
And if they do, they were anyway. Pastor Dean, I don't know what happened. I mean, I grew up in Pentecostal church. I don't know how we turned from we got to stay safe and save lives being the main thing. That's not how it was when I grew up. We got to we were concerned about our members' health. Nobody was concerned about members' health when I was growing up. The ladies' meeting would take place in the gymnasium after the service. They had ham salad sandwiches sitting out in the gym. There was no air conditioning. Those things were, those things would have made the Wuhan wet market. <laughs> Look like Johns Hopkins surgery floor. Teeming with salmonella. <laughs> Just eating it, passing it. You want some? You want some? You want some? We had a water fountain in the lobby that hadn't been cleaned since the Eisenhower administration. Green stuff hanging up. People putting their whole mouth over it. And then fast forward to 2020, all of a sudden we turn into a whole church full of Howie Mandels. Nobody ever cared about health. There were no cooking standards. Potluck dinner, some insane woman bringing in a thing like with her cattail hanging out. You would literally have, true or false? You would literally have you would literally have super nice pastor's wives and super nice pastors, like not like me, like super nice, that you'd go to get that person's food and they'd go, I won't eat that. Don't eat. Don't eat her bread. There was a matchbox car in it the last time we ate it. Amazing. Amazing how people watch TV and allow that box that's full of fear Every, it's not just the programs. It's every commercial. Do you have life insurance? Hank died at 48. Aren't you 49? I was wondering, what would you do? What would I do if you died? Is anything set away? What about you? What about me? Coming up. I mean, what was the news story this week? A new disease that it will be 20 times deadlier than COVID. That, that was what they said. So if the Bible says in the last days, now, I could pull clips. I'm not talking now. I'm saying everything I was saying during this time. That Jesus didn't say there'd be one plague before he returns. He said there'll be plagues, plural. And I said, pastors need to think whatever course of action they're taking right now, they're setting a precedent because they're going to have these things come left and right. So why not set the precedent that we will never bow our knee to disease, to the devil, to anything that would shut the church down? But you can't, you can't just make up your mind like that. It takes fire. It takes a fire. That fire, that end time fire is coming into you now. Fire to stand. Somebody shout hallelujah. You can be seated. We're not asking you to deny your faith. We're just asking you not to go to church. That's part of my faith. Let me just get all this off my chest since I'm this deep. How, how can you be so blind? No, they're not saying we have to cancel church. We can still go on YouTube. Have you read YouTube's terms of service? So you're willing to move your church onto YouTube. Could you do a four-week series on biblical sexuality if your church is only on YouTube? 
Could you or would you get shut down? You're not allowed to say that prayer heals the sick. That's in their terms. So you don't even, you're too blind and stupid to see that it's a two-step plan to shut the church down. Move you online. You know how much that spirit of the world hates these meetings? Do you know how, have you seen, have you seen all the people that are campaigning right now? They're crowds. And I use the word crowds loosely. Some of these people in Iowa could have their campaign stops at a fitting room at Banana Republic and have three empty seats. With $160 million getting donated to them and nobody shows up. Couldn't draw a crowd of flies if they were a horse's rear end. Remember when Hillary Clinton came to Pittsburgh in 2016? They gave out free beer and hot dogs, and there was about 45 people. Nobody comes. No one goes. So then, and they watch us. They watch. I've met them. They watch. How you can call prayer and fasting and have more people with no budget. And people show up. More people in America still show up every Sunday to church than every sporting event that week combined. That's a fact. And they don't like it. They don't like that they pump CNN telling you about. But no one's watching. Their ratings hit, hit such a low, they clean. No one's even on air from that air anymore. The owner, the owner's gone. They, they took, or, or the guy that ran the station's gone. It was the lowest ratings in history. So they're, they're spending all this money and they, they can't get the ear of the people. It's like the Pharisees and Sadducees were ticked off. So we got this nice temple. Nobody will come. And then John the Baptist is out in the desert, and people are walking three days out into the wilderness to go hear him preach. Because the anointing, see, you, the, devil, the devil is screwed. He can have all the money. You know, a lot of these guys have billions. It doesn't matter. Still can't draw a crowd. Still can't get anybody to go to your thing. Still can't get anybody to listen. That's what I dealt with Saturday night. So then it hit a point where they couldn't get they're on record saying it. The largest group of people that's resisting are evangelicals, Hispanic evangelicals, black evangelicals. So we need some sellout black pastor that will give them 200, and this all happened. We'll give them a quarter million dollars from the CDC to tell their people that Jesus would get that injected in them. And they, they sure did. Then the Hispanic, and I, I went after that. Because I don't want to hear it now. If you did that, fine. Don't go on a tour now and start talking about how the church needs to stand. If you shut your church down in 2020, don't ever preach a sermon about how the church should stand. We need to stand against transgender issues. The only reason you're saying that is because 9% of the population backs it. I guarantee you, if they passed a law that if you're caught saying anything like that from a pulpit, you lose your tax-exempt status, all of a sudden, your sermon would go away. Because the same way you... I'm trying to think what word you can use that's both clean and that you won't get a letter from the LGBTQIA. You know, it started with rainbows. Now it's pansies. They own that. They own refracted light. What are you allowed to say as an insult? I'm not, this is, I'm not, I'm not looking to insult any group. But the same way you, you weakened out. There. No letters from anyone? Can we go with weakened? Can we retain one word? The same way you weaken out. It's funny how everybody speaks out against issues that everybody agrees with. You know, that's, that's what irritated me. Because I know how you acted in 2020, and I know what you said. Then now you're, 
The church shouldn't lean left or lean right. The church should stand. On what? How do you say that? I understand the church shouldn't be in bed with the Democrat Party or the GOP. I can't stand the GOP. If you're watching on the GOP, I can't stand the GOP. I want, I want to give you half a... If I had a sandwich and I ate half of it, I'd throw the other half away. <laughs> Let alone donate money to your campaign. You, you're committed losers. You actually like losing. So I get that, but that's not what you said. You didn't say the church shouldn't be Republican and the church shouldn't be Democrat. You said the church shouldn't lean left or lean right. They should stand. Then you know what? Everybody stands up and claps. Because you're clapping. It's a statement. That makes you feel good about not taking a stand on anything. So, let me me get this out. Because it is an election year. How do you have, this is why I, I was ticked off Saturday night and apparently I'm still not over it. Because why do you have 100 million evangelical Christians in the United States that have that have the, the, the voice of 25 people because they have pastors that because they're afraid to lose their people make statements like that from the pulpit that sound like you're taking a stand. I, I, I tweeted to that guy. I got a letter from his ministry before. He does not like me. I said, that's a brave way to make a cowardly statement. We shouldn't leave, lean left. The church shouldn't lean left or lean right. We should stand. Tell me on what? What are you going to stand on that's absolutely neutral? Explain it to me. It's a nothing statement said loudly. We shouldn't root for the Steelers or the Bills. We should snow. (laughs) I don't understand, but it was loud, so. And you're not, you're not going to shame me into being quiet. The evangelical church sold its soul out to Donald Trump in 2016. How did they lay down all their moral convictions to promote a man that's that evil? He wasn't running against Jesus. There were two candidates, Hillary and, and Trump. And anything you want to say about Trump, turn the lens on Hillary. So they shame you for standing up for pro-life. What about a woman's, what about palliative care? What about care for for children and crisis pregnancies? What about when women can't afford to care for the baby? So, okay, first of all, for you to make the argument that the way that you solve child mortality and childbirth is by killing the child. Hey, I know how we can solve it. Get it to 100%. You you are an evil person. And you're not going to, you are not, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm old school. I'm from an old school You're not going to make me feel bad. I don't have feelings. I was a Christian in public school. My feelings are gone. I don't have them. You can't hurt me. Put Put that tweet up that guy wrote. Media team. Okay, so I said that's the problem. It also has a pastor's preach on tithe and then use that tithe to buy designer clothes and fly in private jets from. Uh, you know what I wrote back to him? I'm going to tell you two of the things I wrote back, not the third thing. <laughs> you wear designer clothes. I wrote, all clothes have a designer. 
What do you believe in the Big Bang Theory of clothes? Clothes have a designer. Meals have chefs. You wear designer clothes. Everyone wears designer clothes. It's just who designed it. You fly in private jet. Somebody gave it to me. And then, okay, you're gonna make you, you think you're gonna make me feel bad for having a private jet. I just read an article today that about how many aircraft were purchased by different companies. There's one company in India that just purchased 500 jets. There's another company in Asia that purchased 400 and some jets. There's ones in America, 35, 40. You're not going to make me be ashamed of doing what I'm doing. That jet that I'm using was not going to get, was not going to go in an impound lot. Somebody was going to use it. Tell me a better cause for using aircraft than having two churches in two time zones, winning the lost, preaching the gospel. You're not going to make me feel, I don't feel bad. I feel good. Say this out loud. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Now say this. I'm also not ashamed of what the gospel says belongs to me. You know why I'm having you say that? Because you'll never, you can be seated. You're never going to have what you're ashamed of. The devil can't refute scripture. He can only get you to be ashamed of it. I'm not ashamed. I told you in Florida, that guy gave me a Rolls-Royce SUV to drive while I was in town. I drove it. Most Christians and pastors, I can't be seen in that. I can't be seen in strip clubs. I can't be seen in bars. I can't be, I can't be seen doing wicked things, and I can't do them. But I can enjoy. If there's cars that are made, don't tell me that a pornographer can have one. Who's the guy? Harvey Weinstein can have it. Don't tell me I can't live in a house like Harvey Weinstein does. I'm not doing what he's doing. I'm not saying he can't live there. I'm not saying he should give me his home. People, people that do wicked things and prosper, you don't have anything to say about them. But then if a righteous person gets anything, they shame you. I'm trying to preach that shame out of you. Because listen now, if you're going to go where God wants to take you, the first thing you're going to have to shed is what people think. I don't care what people think. If my dad got me a coat of many colors, I'm not keeping it in the closet. I'm going to wear it. And if my brothers don't like it, that's their problem. It's not my problem. Designer clothes. How should somebody that's representing Christ look? Yeah. Yeah. If you want to preach and look like you just got kicked out of a methadone clinic, that's fine. I'm not going to criticize you. If you want to have a church where the whole platform looks like it's laundry day, I come from a generation where Sunday you saved your best clothes. I met with President Trump last year on invitation. I wore the nicest thing I could wear. I met with another senator, major senator. I wore the nicest thing. I wonder what people are saving their good clothes for. If I'm going to meet... I'm not only meeting with God in church, I'm a representative on television telling people the way to go to heaven. I should look like heaven, not like hell. You're mad when I have one jet. Wait till we got a backup jet. Wait till we have a helicopter to get to the airport and back. 
the Lord is going to pile up blessing after blessing. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou preparest a table before me. When you start getting enemies, it's a sign. There's a table. There's a table. God's going to have you eat while they watch. If you believe it, shout a living amen. Amen. I'm going to tell you something as a point. You can stay on your feet. I'll, I'll wrap up. I don't feel like it, though. I feel, I feel good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I had a connection in a country in the Middle East, Saudi Arabia. And I was coming up out of my NyQuil-induced sleep. And it just struck me funny because I was well-rested and well-fed. I was in a good mood. You had the list on the immigration form, religion, which I've never had to write that before, and occupation. So you know what they tell you in Bible college, right, that you're a teacher, because really you're teaching, you're an educator, because you're educating people on the Word of God. But this just struck me funny when I woke up. Now let's see what happens. Let's roll the dice. I'm, I'm not going to be ashamed anywhere. I'll tell you exactly what I am. So there, religion, I wrote, uh, Spirit-filled Christian. And then occupation, I wrote, Holy Ghost preacher. So I'm, wait, I'm waiting in the immigration line, you know, thinking, this is gonna, I bet you this is going to make for a good story one way or the other. And I'm like laughing. It was like striking me funny about having to explain that. What does Spirit-filled Christian mean? So I don't know whether they have cameras that could see what was on my card because I was holding it like this. But two military guys came up and went, come with us. Like, well, looks like the show, looks like we're going to do this a little quicker. So they sit me down in this room. It looks like an interrogation room. And I'm sitting at the interrogation table. And two ladies come in and put a white cloth down. And then six soldiers sit around the table. And then they load the whole table with food. And so they made me a plate and said, eat. The way an Arab says eat, it's almost like a threat. Eat. Right? And I still didn't feel like I was like out of the woods or anything because I was thinking like, because they're all laughing, but we don't speak the same language. And I was like, they're probably laughing. Like, look at this idiot having his last meal and he doesn't even know it. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. And then we finished eating. Then they brought dessert and I ate the dessert. And then I was waiting for it to like, get shot or beheaded or whatever. <laughs> And they came over and gave me all my stuff. I didn't have to wait in line. They, like, ran it for me. And they escorted me to the first-class lounge, and I didn't have a first-class ticket. And I thought, that was God for not (laughs) weakening out. I'll stand for you. If there's one thing you can get off this time of fasting and prayer, it, it is a boldness. What happened to Peter after he got baptized in the Holy Ghost? You go from denying Christ to a girl at a campfire to standing down thousands of men that are mocking on the day of Pentecost. Listen to me. These men are not drunk as you suppose. What you're seeing now, for, but the, the uh, thir- ninth hour of the day, what you're seeing is, was what was spoken of by the prophet Joel. Then in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. They were pricked in their hearts and said, brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Notice how he included the gift of the Holy Ghost, right, with salvation. Brothers, what should we do? Each of you must scan the QR code 
and attend the next steps class at the end of the month. No, each of you must repent of sin. And they, they responded. And then they laid hands on them to receive the Holy Ghost. And the church grew from 120 to 3,120 in one day by a man who, was, who used to be too cowardly to confess Christ to one little girl at a campfire and then cursed at her friends. And now, now he's, a, he's like the Terminator. You can't, you beat him. He, you can't stop him. You're going to be unstoppable in 2024. The things that used to easily derail you, you're going to run those things over. Now, I'm going to do what I haven't done these last two weeks. You guys can stay here. And that's, I'm going to give you an opportunity to give. We've got people coming in from all over the place. Before you get your giving ready, I want you to hear this. Anytime I've had somebody come out of the blue to attack me on prosperity, it preceded an explosion of prosperity. It's almost like the devil knew what was coming and just wanted to like yell about it a little bit before it came. So Jesus taught when you fast, when you pray, when you give. That is, and the Bible teaches a threefold cord is not easily broken. Those three things coupled are very, any one of them by themselves is powerful. The three of them together. When you fast, when you pray, when you give. I feel like maybe I went a little late on the offerings the first two weeks, even though a ton of money came in, but we barely took any. I don't know. Did I take any weeknight offerings last week? I don't think I took any. And I took one the week before on Friday. So I've taken one offering in however many services by direction of the Spirit. But this third week, I feel like rather than chip some money off every night, I feel like people are in a place week three from being spiritual where they've already done some thinking even at home. Like, I want to lay this seed. Now, I'm going to say this. I'm not. Okay, let me say this first, and then I'll say what I'm going to say, just so you know where I'm coming from. The first week when I took only one offering, we had a, almost a million dollars come in in eight days with one offering and, and then Sunday's offering. So this is not from, now listen, I've only taken, I just remembered I only took one offering in two weeks, and so now it's time to pay the piper. That's not it. That's never offerings. So we're, very, we're in the strongest position financially we've ever been. But the offerings, the purpose of an offering is not to bless the church. It's to bless the people in the church. Give, it doesn't say give and the church shall receive. It says give and you shall receive. Can you say amen? I don't think, I think most people in our church get it, but I don't think most people get it. You know, Jonathan, I'm believing that we'll get a jet. I didn't get a jet by believing. Got it by sowing. I was walking around our neighborhood, Brother Tom, in 2016, 17 maybe. Lord, I'd like to start using an aircraft. And I felt the Lord spoke to me, speak to me, then sow an aircraft-sized seed. And as soon as he said it, I knew it was my vehicle. I am telling you what I did. I don't want a bunch of cars dropped off in the parking lot. This is not cars for kids. I'm just telling you, I'm not trying, I'm not, this is not the power of suggestion. Okay, you're tired of driving 11 hours to your meetings? You'd like to use aircraft? Then take what you have that isn't what, what you want and put it in my hands to turn it into what you want. And so I took that Cadillac Escalade, black Cadillac Escalade, drove it down to my service that night and gave the pastor the keys and the deed. You like, I said, do you like my vehicle? He said, I do. I was actually just telling my wife, so it's yours. I said, are you joking around? No. Let me, what kind of joke would that be? Yeah, give it back. Anyway. <laughs> no, I g- gave it to him. It's yours. He cried. Thank you. 
Never had anybody do anything like that. Yeah, I've never done anything like that before either. I sowed my way into that. Before we were given this building, I helped build. So I didn't have enough money to build a church in America. I didn't have three million, but I had enough to do it in India and Congo. So I sent it. I just asked the, one of the pastors from Ghana that I met, how much can you build a church for in Ghana? He said, we could do it for about 10,000. I'm going to do it. I have that. So instead of waiting for one day, I do what I, what I have. And then what you make happen for others, God makes happen for you. But I'm trying to let you know the size of the seed. Now, not here, but pastors are some of the lousiest givers of anybody in the whole body of Christ. And that's why you don't have money in your church. Our people don't give. You don't give. We want to give $1,000. Really? As a grown man, that's your seed for breakthrough in a building? That's not a building-sized seed. $1,000? Now, I'm sorry. If you want to go to another church where they tell you that the Lord spoke to them, that John 3.16, everybody that gives $31.60 tonight is going to get a breakthrough, knock yourself out. It is not happening. You can't pay the world and tip God. And you can't give God your leftovers and expect his treasure. Significant seed produces significant harvest. And it, I'm, I'm not just saying it because it's January. If there's one time to set a course for the year that you're going to lay a sacrifice on the altar. Not, when I say sacrifice, Abrahamic sacrifice. Abraham laid down Isaac confident that the Lord would raise him back. He's right. We'll set, we know they're doing a lot. So you have it, and then we'll just figure things out. No, it's in faith. I'm going to lay a sacrifice on the altar, believing for a 100-fold return. And it works. Let each man give as he's directed by the Spirit. Not reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a cheerful giver. You can literally sow something tonight that will make all economic news irrelevant. I don't care. What was the economy last year? It never went into recession, but it was flat. Ask any economic expert. It was just basically flat. Was our economy at the church flat? What's the first thing people cut in a, in a mediocre or negative economy? Charitable giving. Did that apply to us? No, the opposite applied. You know, to get a phone call, hey, if you can go to LJ Aviation, they're bringing a plane for you. Me? Yeah, it's ready. Oh, yeah, that guy that called. It's ready. You operate on a totally different track. You live in the world, but you're not of the world. There's a youth pastor that I know. Everything's not your salary. Your salary is what your employer pays you because it's their civic duty. You're not limited to that. I'm on a fixed income. Unfix it. What do they send the social security check with a letter? So help me God, if I find out you're making any other money, I'll kill your whole family. You're not on a fixed income. This is America, man. As much as they've tried to destroy it, this is still America. There's income to be made everywhere. You know, my daughter has helped me in this area. She watches these people on YouTube, and they all ask for donations on there for showing you them playing a video game. So you can't pop on Twitter and make me feel bad for receiving an offering for the kingdom of God. People give to everything. PBS, YouTubers, and you're, you want all you want's money. So do all they. So does Walmart. What do you think, Burger King wants to be your wife? It only, they only throw that stuff here. 
And it doesn't work. I've been listening. My dad's a preacher. I had to listen to him listen to it. I, I, I have such a callus buildup, like an 80-year-old man's foot. That's what I have on the inside of me. What a terrible analogy. <laughs> Step on a nail like my grandma. My grandma, since we're talking about grandmas that are gone. My grandma, Irene, she stepped on a nail and didn't know it for like a year. Because those feet, old people's feet, they're like bulletproof. Just bounce right off. They found a nail in her foot. Oh, I felt something. Thought it was a bunion. No, it's metal. I think it's a robot bunion. So... Notice, uh, let, me have, let me have Isaiah 119 on the screen. Isaiah 119. Because that, that, that stray tweet that made it to my account, I want to I use it to teach you something about prosperity. Most people's problem is not their giving or their laziness. It's that they're actually ashamed of prosperity. If the Lord blessed you, you could give a jet to a lot of pastors. They're, I can't be seen using that. So they actually choose struggle because of what TV has indoctrinated people as to who should have money and who should not have money. Now, that hangar, we have our plane in. There's four other planes in there. I don't resent them. If you're running a healthcare network and you need a plane to go to meetings, or if you want one, this is America. It is, it is a sin to envy what someone has. There's whole, that's a whole political party starting to build their whole thing on envy. They have money. You don't have money. They should be taxed so you can have money. Bullcrap. You know, there's whole countries that have taken everybody's money that had excess, spread it to everyone. That's what happened in China when they did communism. They took land from people that had a bunch of land, spread it to everybody. Let me ask you a question, and I will finish a sentence before the night's over. I promise. It's one of my prayer points. If we, let's say, let's say I became president. I said, you know what? We're going to make everything equal. We're going to tax everybody's money 100%. We're going to divide it by 350 million people. And everyone's going to get an equal amount of money for the first time ever. And I, I passed it. House, Senate, and we confiscated everybody's bank account and then spread it evenly. And let's say it, at, I don't know what it would go to. Let's say it, it went to 400,000 a person. Everybody got 400,000. In six months, forget six months, in 30 hours, there would be some people that went down to Rivers Casino and were broke. And there'd be other people that invested, went right back to doing what they were doing, and there would be complete inequality again. I believe in equality. You're stupid. I believe all men are equal. Have you ever met two men? They're not equal. A man isn't even, you know what the economist Thomas Sowell said? A man isn't even equal to himself on different days. Oh, yeah, Saturday me is nothing like Sunday me. <laughs> Sunday me is like the best of me. Saturday is like methadone clinic me. <laughs> so this idea of equal outcomes, they're going to start crashing planes trying to make everything equal. They're doing diversity hiring in the FAA. He may not know how to fly, 
but we don't have a lot of pilots from Cleveland, so we're going to pass him. People are going to die. You can't have people doing air traffic control because they're nice. <laughs> you have to be good at what you do. I feel like I'm giving this speech at the Democratic National Convention. <laughs> There's no equality. You got churches. You got pastors at churches doing those political talking points. We need equal pay. There's no such thing as equal pay. There never will be equal pay. A doctor should not make as much as the stock boy at Giant Eagle. Unless you want that. Unless you want your eye surgeon to be paid $16 an hour. And, and he got to go through medical school even though he had bad grades because his mom's a Navajo lesbian or something. Look, if you're going to be quiet, then I'll just say stuff that make people go quiet. Gotcha. <laughs> Say three words with me. God, God family, family country. country. Take care of you. I don't care. I'm Polish. The plight of the Polish community, best of luck to them. I got her. I, and I, I don't care about, the, to be honest with you, I don't care about the Puerto Rican community. I care about that Puerto Rican. And then I care about the second Puerto Rican that I help make. And I'm going to bless my family because the Bible commands me to. And then as a Christian, I'm going to do my best to help. This is coming from somebody that feeds. So I don't want to hear your bleeding heart speech in the YouTube comments. We feed 2,000 kids a day. But I'm not doing it because I feel bad or feel guilty. I'm doing it because it's the will of God. God wants to help people. Do you know how we feed 2,000 kids a day? Prospering. By allowing the Lord to overflow our cup. If I'm believing for $40,000 to come in by Friday or we're going to have to let employees go, there's nobody else getting blessed. We, it's all us. But when you let God prosper you, you can be a blessing to a hurting world without any help from any Republican, any Democrat, anybody. Anybody. God. Somebody say God. That's why communism hates the Bible. Because I don't need a leader to help me get wealth. The blessing of the Lord makes a man. Does it say make a white man rich? The Bible was written by white Europeans for colonialism. Oh yeah? Then why doesn't it say the blessing of the Lord makes a white man rich? Why doesn't it say white men are created in the image of God? It doesn't say that. It says men. You want to, you know, just because you have to go to public school, let me tell you a couple of things. Christianity didn't start slavery. But Christianity did end slavery. There's 10 times more black people being put in slavery right now than any time in human history. There's more to the world than St. Louis. There's the Middle East. All those World Cup stadiums were built by black slaves. No one cared. Slavery is wrong. Go do something about it. You won't, though, because you just like to talk and give speeches and collect money for your little campaign that doesn't do anything to help anybody. People are waking up, though. Tell you, if Chicago politicians don't start waking up, they're going to get woken up physically. Not by me, Department of Homeland Security. (laughs) People are waking up that it's a shell game with no P. We're going to help you. We're going to help you. There's no help. No politician has ever lifted any group of people out of poverty in the history of the world except for Joseph, who did it by the anointing. And no one ever will again. There's nobody coming to help you. There's somebody that already came to help you. Then he gave instructions. Where's my Bible? 
Then he gave instructions here how, how to not make it luck. Do these things. See if I won't open the windows of heaven. See, I could play you old clips from 10 years ago, and I talked bigger than I talk right now. I knew where I was going. Every time somebody said stuff about jets, I used to get criticized by people, like I got criticized on Twitter, about one guy wrote, you fly around in private jets. I had never flown a private jet in my life. But when he said, I'll take that as a prophecy. It's like the devil already knew what was coming. So I don't write back, no, I don't. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going to do it. I'm going to have what God said is mine. Let the haters hate. Let the enemies watch as you eat from the table that God has prepared for you. Come on, give Jesus a great hand clap. Hallelujah. You're going higher. You're going higher. You're setting your sights on higher things. Say, I'm going higher. So why are you going to listen to any, why are you going to listen to criticisms from people who live a life you don't even want to live? The people that don't like me having a jet also wouldn't like me having a nice car. There's nothing I could have that would, that would be bad enough to make them happy because the truth is they hate this. Yeah, I can fly a plane to go produce pornography or open a casino where some guy, I stay in casino hotels, I tell you. It doesn't look like Casino Royale with James Bond. People coming in with three teeth left in their head gambling away their, their, their child support money. True or false? But that's fine. That's fine. That's all fine. I, I stayed in the one casino hotel. When you turn the one channel, they must have heard me say it because they took it off. Last time I was there, they took that one testimony off. The guy said, I was down to my last. This is r- running on the casino TV. I was down to my last $2, and I put it down, and it hit. I made $181,000. So my message is, even if you're down to your last $2, don't give up. Now, and you're going to, when I, when I saw that, I thought, you're never going to make me feel bad for taking an offering. I'm not telling people to gamble their lives. So that's fine. Not to mention, am I serving you free drinks while I'm taking the offering? I'm not opposed to it, but am I? No. <laughs> so you're getting people drunk, encouraging them to gamble their last $2 away. And that all slides. These preachers tell people that if they give, God will bless them. You tell people that if they play roulette, they'll get blessed. So shut up. You won't make me feel bad. And I'll bury you intellectually. I'll give you fair warning, WTAE and KDKA. You do an ambush interview at my plane. It ain't going to go how you think. I'm not going to be like a deer kind of, well, uh, it was given to me. And I'll, I'll tell you. It's not going to go how you think. Have you guys released Epstein's client list yet? Why are you running cover for a child molester? Intr- would like your answer. You want to talk about airplanes? Let's talk about airplanes. I don't have 10-year-old girls I'm shuttling to an island for people to molest. But you have that information and won't release it. You're going you're to put the screws to me? Because I am doing something that is the last thing keeping you from doing what you want to do. You want people in fear and enslaved economically. 
Klaus Schwab, they're meeting right now in Switzerland. The last time they met, they told denominational leaders that came, tell the people to condemn the prosperity message. Do you know what that lets you know? He didn't do that theologically. They realized everything we tried to shut down businesses and ruin America, these stupid preachers were letting people know that if you take the first 10% and give it to God, there is no power on earth that can curse. You can't curse whom God has not cursed. You can't curse me. God has blessed me. God has blessed you. You're blessed. I said you're blessed. Blessed and highly favored. What was the one scripture I was going to read? You know, I never got past my, my text. I had notes. Proverbs 13, 25. This is what the Bible says. The righteous eateth to the satisfying of his soul, but the belly of the wicked shall want. I'm not being harsh. We feed people. We feed homeless people. But you know, I do wonder sometimes when I see a man my age sitting on the street asking if he has money for a sandwich. How many kids do you have that you don't provide for? Something's wrong. Maybe God doesn't want you having food because he's irritated with you because you're letting your own kids go hungry. Bible says a man that doesn't provide for his family in the New Testament has left the faith and is worse than an infidel. So if you, if you have nine kids to nine different women and they've all had to fend for themselves, that's why. Things don't happen by accident. And I don't feel bad for anybody. And I don't feel bad for able-bodied men. Very rarely. We have an employee at this ministry who's paralyzed from the waist down. Go watch him load himself into his car. Hoist himself out of the wheelchair into the back of the hatchback. Pull the wheelchair up, fold it up, then scoot from the back to the front. I don't want to hear about your anxiety. I've been laid off for a while. I have anxiety. You don't have to be happy to hit a nail into a piece of wood. You can do it in any mood. In fact, you can take your anxiety out on the nail. Be the best. That's what they want. Uh, well, while I'm, while I'm in the spirit, you want to know what's behind the whole transgender movement? Two things. It has nothing to do with sexual immorality. It has nothing to do, even though it is, it has nothing to do with um, gender identity and stuff like that. If Camila stays a girl, pharmaceutical companies get nothing. If Camila wants to be a boy, pharmaceutical companies get about a million dollars over the course of her life. Because there's surgery, then there's stuff you have to stay on for the rest of your life. It's all, the love of is the root of, there's no money to be made off healthy people. There's no money to be made off people with sound minds. I'm on no medication. I've put people on medication, but I'm on no medication. We gave our Royal Ranger commander a complete nervous breakdown. He had to go to the mental institution for two weeks. I'm not proud of that, but it did happen. not funny <laughs> so number one you get a million dollars per person number two if if you okay like me I'll, I'll take Camille out of the equation 
if I get a nice pair of fake boobs and start wearing, yeah, it's just for an example, and a dress and start wearing makeup and I change my name to Jeanette, as much as they're going to, as much as they say that's admirable on television, I'm going to ask you a question. Am I hireable? I'm not going to do it. It's an example. Camila is nervous right now. What's going on? I was coloring, and then the next thing I know, you're turning into a woman. What happened? Am I hireable? Now, no one's going to say they won't hire me. You'll go to jail, or you'll lose your business. But if you run Calusi GMC, you're not having a salesman that looks like that. You're, so, what, so what does that do? Number one, million dollars per person for the pharmaceutical company. Number two, you make another segment of the population that can't work and then goes on government assistance. It is a plan to collapse the money system of America. And it ain't going to happen. Because faster than the devil gets them going that way, God's going to get them reversed back in the right direction. Amen? I'm going to tell you one last thing. Then I'm going to go cover the election. Um, this is important. So I'm showing you how things work and why Christianity is so vital for the nation. A man that doesn't work shouldn't eat. What's this I hear? Paul wrote to the Thessalonian church that some of you are living idle lives, refusing to work with your own hands. That's why we have a spiritual church, but it's not weird because we run all the weirdos out because weirdos don't want to work. They want to take a couple flags and bathe in the glory of God. That's not what the Bible says to do. You pray. We pray from noon to one, then get, get your butt to work. Go work. Go do something. Take care of your family. Faith's not waiting for checks to come in the mail. It's work. So um, a guy called me that's in natural gas. He said things are heating up, and he told me what the regions of the country are. He said the problem is when I go to meet with a certain company, I can only bite off a small part because I have, I have the money, I have the equipment, but we can't find guys to work. Yes, that is a plan. What do they teach at public school about? <laughs> they should be teaching you economics and a skill not to be mad at Ben Franklin. You can't, it's very hard to make money over your anger towards Ben Franklin. That friggin' Thomas Jefferson, if I ever see him. There's his statue. Son of a gun, it's cast iron. So you just produce this angry, sexually confused, to be kind, pansexual. I'm attracted to trees. I mean, I like how they look. I'm not going to make out with one. Barking your teeth and stuff. Think it through. <laughs> All mothers regretting bringing their children tonight. Do you guys have child care? My kid's actually very well behaved. I just want to get him out of earshot of the pastor. So why can't the project run? Lack of manpower. So I said, what if I could get you a hundred Christian men? So if you're in your 20s, early 30s, you're going to be gone a little bit. But when you come home, you're going to have pockets full of money. Take your wife out. Have a great time. Go back out and work. That's what this... I'm going to be gone a lot this year. That's what you do when you're 43 and 35. It's not time to rest. It's time to... 
while your body is strong, hit it as hard as you can hit it. It's your working years. If you're a pastor, it's your church building years. If you're an evangelist, it's your crusading years. What do you think? And I'm not putting words in his mouth. What do you think Dag Haywood Mills at 60 took me with him and then was talking to me about starting to do crusades? He's not weak. He's stronger than me. But I'm younger than him. You know, I want to pass this to somebody because it's work. It's work laying hands. Oral Roberts laid hands in his 40s on 9,000 people in one service. They would carry him back to the trailer. He had blood where his shoulder was. Ended up having to have rotator cuff surgery from, from praying for so many people. Get people now just rush to the back and have some grapes and cheese after their 28-minute message. Well, that's about enough for tonight. Um, <laughs> son of a gun, I'm tired. It's been almost 30 minutes. <laughs> Nobody gets any prayer. Our prayer teams are at the side if you'd like prayer. But those grapes and cheddar's calling my name, so... So I said to him, what if I could get you 100 Christian men that don't, that don't fail their drug test every, every time they come back from, from their three-day break? They don't get on fentanyl. They don't do heroin. They stay clean. They're honest. They don't steal from the company. They work. They show up on time and work. That's what Christianity brings to a nation. I heard a guy that's an atheist that I, that I listen to because he's intelligent. And he said, you know, I like going into business with Christians. He said, it's not the worst thing in the world to have a business partner who thinks there's an invisible guy watching him, making sure he doesn't steal. Yeah, that's what built this nation. If you go into business with Revival Today, me and Patrick, if you do some with us, you don't have to wonder whether we're going to pay. We pay up front. And we don't stiff you. We don't pull stuff. We're, we're, you know, we don't do any. I know all the games. Wait till they do half the work. And they've already bought the materials and say, hey, we're not, I'm not paying it, so you can, you can sue me or you can get 20. I know all that stuff. I don't do that. I treat people the way I want to be treated. I treat that guy like I know he has a father and kids. Amen. So if you start stripping that out of Christianity, you'll ruin the nation. If you've got a bunch of pastors telling you, turning church into an errant, airing of grievances and racism, and you're going to wreck the nation. Because now you're not producing productive people. You're producing people that are angry about whatever. Whatever has gone wrong. Nothing is going to get better by you being just sitting angry about it. You want to do something about it? Let the Lord use you. Let him prosper you and take that money and do something about it. So he said that would be great. So you heard me mention it in Texas. Did you know? A guy that runs a service, heard me say that, runs a service for pro- providing manpower for, for natural gas work. And then they said they're so in, sh- in need of people, they'll train you on the fly and pay for it. You start off making 90000 108 118 pee a clean stream for six months, you'll be up to close to 200000 just from peeing right. <laughs> Think about it, ninety grand for peeing <laughs> with no drugs in it. Because people fail their drug tests left and right. Can't, can't retain it. So now I'm working on things where we're not just going to preach prosperity. We can have a pipeline that if you don't have a job, you can go. There is so, there's so much wealth in Colorado, New Mexico. You fly over those oil fields, Texas. You have a government that. To have to watch gas prices drop every four years when there's going to be an election, when it could have been that price all four years. 
Because you plugged up people's ability to get natural gas. You shut down the Keystone Pipeline. You did that on purpose to hurt people. And then now that you're getting voted, you turn it all back on to lower gas. You will answer to God. Not you, President Biden, because you won't even understand what he was saying. But the people that are in your cabinet will answer to God. I don't like it. There's no reason for there to be poverty in America. There's none. And I'm going to tell you, life will start making more sense to you if you stop saying, why would they do that? To understanding there is a group of people that are actively looking to destroy this country. And they're not going to succeed. You Believe me. Believe me. It'll never happen. What political party broke Israel out of Egypt? One prophet. His name was Moses. What political party set the people of Israel free from the reign of Jezebel with her false gods? One prophet, Elijah. God doesn't need any political help. If he can find one man that sold out to him. One woman. If, if one woman got prayer taken out of schools and one woman got abortion legalized, what could one woman that's working for God, you think one woman can't change a nation? One already, Catherine Coleman did it already from Pittsburgh. Another one will pop up from Pittsburgh and do it again. This city will produce great men and great women that bring a resurgence back to this nation. Ten oh one. Let me say a couple minutes more of things. You know, that guy that I laid into on Twitter that's a minister, I did it because it, you criticize, you, okay, this guy, he prayed at Donald Trump's inauguration, right? So he's Hispanic. So then the Hispanic people at that time did not like Donald Trump. So they, he caught flack. So then three weeks after praying at his election, at his inauguration, he takes out a full-page ad in the New York Times criticizing Trump's policy to close the U.S. border. Then I look, and he's tweeting articles about how we need to close the border. You are the, you are the evangelical patsy that they used to rubber stamp that policy. Don't pretend like we forgot. Now, if you want to believe that, believe it. But don't come back and forth. Your stupidity. What is leadership? Is leadership wetting your finger and seeing which way the wind's blowing every day? I care very deeply for people. I don't take a poll at this church before we make decisions. We do what's right. I announced we're going to Montour Junction Sports Company. What do you, got, what do you all think about? It's the only building that can hold the crowd. A leader makes decisions in favorable times and unfavorable times. Study Moses. If Moses did what the Israelites wanted him to do, they'd have been worshiping a gold calf and they would have went back to Egypt. A leader should know the direction of the, of the thing and stick to it. Not only am I like that, I don't have anybody preach at this church who's not like that and I never will. Jesse Duplantis didn't take flack for his jet from some guy on Twitter. They did it on USA Today. 
Only 100 of these jets are made. Well, okay, why aren't you criticizing the other 99 people? Why him? You know what Jesse Duplantis did? You know when I started liking him? When Chuck Grassley, the um, 180-year-old senator from Iowa, no, he's not, I'm kidding, he's only 91, something like that. He, he's a, Chuck Grassley is an American Baptist. American Baptist, not Baptist, American Baptist. They hate everybody. They picketed Billy Graham's crusades. They don't like anybody. So he's American Baptist. So he gets a list of seven preachers and says, we're going to subpoena their donor records for how they're spending their money. That's illegal. So all the preachers, we're going to fork them over. No problem. Jesse Duplantis was the first one that said, Mr. Grassley, I respect you, but if you think you're going to take my donor records, you can pry them out of my cold, dead hand. And then all the other ones started following suit after he did that. He's got a backbone. Rodney Howard Brown has nine backbones. <laughs> My dad was preaching in New York during the lockdowns. Ted Shuttlesworth doesn't give a flying flip about anything. Can you say amen? I said flying flip. What's the problem? It's not obscene in any type of way. So that's, that's how you build a church. You don't build it canceling snow because it's 38 out out of an abundance of caution. What's going to happen? Who's going to die? Well, great to be in the house of the... <laughs> Let me see the, uh, the video of the Bills game again, guys. I just want you to remember what Americans are capable of. <laughs> First family... A frontiersman. Pause. <laughs> Thumbs up. Troy Palomalo from Hawaii. I know I, I've uh, spoken or I've written to him and he's written me back. Rod Woodson, I'm sure, is a great guy. He doesn't know you. He doesn't know you. They're not going to ever do anything for you. Those guys on the field will know, but you're, you're willing to do that. And, I, and fine, fine. NFL can make money and make a living. I'm not against taking money off anybody's table at all. But then don't tell me that I can't and that people shouldn't do that same thing for somebody that was nailed to a cross. He died for me. He died for me. You know, you say, see that guy? It's like, like we got some people at this church. You know, Pastor Jonathan got our family a car when our car broke down. Well, yeah, I didn't die for you. And also I wouldn't die for you just to get it off the table. There's no chance. And so I said, hey, they said they're gonna, that I can live unless you die for me. Like, well, you've had a good run. God bless you. <laughs> we really love you. <laughs> bless your family. Jesus didn't give me a car. He did. He actually did that too. He also gave me a plan. But above all that, he died for me. And I'm happy to burn this life, to let this life burn for him. I'm not living some soft Christianity. I'm living a life, live a life worthy of your high calling in Christ Jesus. Amen. Your seed tonight, if you listen to the Holy Ghost, will take you on a journey. Because God actually wants people to stand up in this nation. And be one man wrecking crews against this assault against the, the economy of the nation.
Amen? Envelopes are in the back seat. You can grab it. I got a lot more I could say. Don't be a stupid voter. You don't vote because you're a Christian. You're not voting for a pastor. You vote for people based on policy. Do you know that guy that was a, who, who was the prime minister in Australia during the lockdowns? What was that guy's name? Big ears, ugly face. What was his name? Who was the guy? It wasn't Dan, Dan Andrews. It was the other guy. The prime minister of Australia that locked the nation down and arrested people that went to go to church was an Assemblies of God guy. He got the whole concern. What's his name? Scott Morrison. And that's how he got the whole church. He's Assemblies. He, he's baptized in the Holy Spirit. Who cares? I don't care if my pilots in, at that airplane are baptized in the Holy Ghost. I care if they can land an airplane. In fact, if I hear them praying in tongues, it'll make me nervous. <laughs> Amen. I don't want to hear anyone pray. If you pray, make sure I can't hear you because I'll get nervous. Why are you praying? <laughs> Things should just work. No prayer. He had an affair. So what are his policies? If he has a policy trying to get everyone to have an affair, that's different. How can a Christian vote for I don't. I don't care about their personal life, to be honest with you. I would vote. You know, there was a lawyer, his screen name, he helped me during the lockdowns. I actually just wrote him back. His name's Sticks and Hammer 666. He's an atheist that leads satanic. But he said, as a satanic atheist, as a lawyer, I'm telling you right now, it was when Rodney got arrested. They're going to have to pay him through the nose. That's illegal. He said, I don't go to church. I think churches are stupid. But it is illegal to do what you're doing. I could get along with that guy and his 666 easier than I can have. <laughs> Praise the Lord. During this time, out of an abundance of caution, we're going to be closing the church. I don't like you. You have no principles. Can you say amen? amen. I want to tell you another thing. One reason Christians have a hard time prospering is they can't work with anybody that doesn't agree with them on 100% of things. That's why they, they write off every politician. Oh, they're all happy that we got the new Speaker of the House. That new Speaker of the House, what did he do for you again? You preach for him or something? Tell me, the, you know the new Speaker of the House? What's his name from Louisiana? Mike Johnson? Tell him. Tell um, when I was, I think, a sophomore in high school, um, I felt the Lord tell me to uh, make prayer boxes in my high school. And I was a part of a club at the time that allowed me to do so. So I, I put up these boxes and um, the news started to catch wind of it. And um, the ACLU got involved and Mike Johnson um, ended up representing me um, to the ACLU and invited me for my first time ever to preach, actually. Um, the Cajun Dome in Louisiana, Lafayette. Um, it was a Baptist convention. So the Speaker of the House knows our youth pastor, just so you know, and had her preach and represented her. So, so everybody's happy. All the Christians are happy when he becomes Speaker of the House. Then the first time, did you see that thing that he passed? He, he's a sellout. He's a, no, he did one thing you disagree with. Relax. 
You don't even agree with everything your wife does. I disagree with that casserole. I will veto it by not eating any of it. But you don't throw them out. Say this out loud. Losers, Losers. focus on differences. differences. Champions Champions. find commonality. commonality. You got nine things you don't agree? You know, some Christians, they will pick someone apart till they don't like them. You ever sit by one on a plane? Hey, I'm a Christian. What kind? Uh, Like the accept Jesus into my heart kind? Do you meet on Sundays or Saturdays? Sunday. All right, me too. Baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost or in the name of Jesus? Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Me too. Pre-trip, mid-trip, or (laughs) post-trip? Pre. Me too. Initial physical evidence of the baptism of the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues? I think it could be other things. Ah, all right. True or false? Pick people apart till you disagree with them. So you can't, you don't like anybody. Kill every, kill every politician. Do not isolate that statement. Did you hear what that pastor just told his congregation? <laughs> I'm, I'm saying they just slaughter him intellectually. I don't like him. I don't like him. I don't like him. I heard his wife's not a Christian. You can't live like that. You don't even like you a lot of days. <laughs> Can you say amen? So cut people some slack. Work with people on, 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 on the grounds of principle. I don't, I don't care what you are. If you, if you align with, the, with objectives I believe in, and then if you don't, I'll leave you alone. I'm not angry. I don't have to, I hate her. Then you'll live at peace. Great peace. That's how you live at peace. My mother won't come to Revival Today Church. Then let her go to whatever church she goes to. doesn't have to be your prayer point for the rest of the year. She'll still go to heaven. If your mother is a Catholic that's accepted Jesus into her heart, she's going to go to heaven. She doesn't have to come here. I don't have to bless someone to go to heaven. Amen? Amen. Stop trying to make everybody exactly like you. You ever hear preachers preach like that? You know, I wear a suit and tie. I don't preach a... See these preachers not even putting a necktie on. Congratulations for wearing a necktie. We're all proud of you. I don't wear ripped jeans when I preach. I'm not preaching against... I got a bigger fish to fry than friggin' ripped jeans. I heard a preacher preaching against beards. Preachers have beards. Need to be clean shaven. Someone should have told Jesus. He's out. John the Baptist is out. It's kind of a dumb rule. Amen? You can go to heaven as a woman without wearing a jean skirt and dirty sneakers. Just want to say that for all my Hispanic Pentecostal friends. Amen? And because I believe like I believe, that's why when you look around this church, you got all kinds of people from all kinds of backgrounds because we're not kicking people out on stupid things. But we are united around the core principles of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the word of God. If you're thankful for it, can you say amen? Amen. Come on, give Jesus a great hand clap one more time.
All right, offering envelopes. If you don't have an offering ready by now, I'm guessing you're probably not going to give. If you're watching online, revivaltoday.com, you can click give now. I have a, so you know, I have a great feeling in my spirit about the United States this year. The righteous shall possess the land. However the presidential election goes, just remember that's one office. We don't have a prime minister. We don't have a dictator. Local government matters. Governors matter. School boards matter. You matter. Whoever wins the election, you're still here. And the power that's in you is greater than the wickedness that's in the world. If you believe it, can you say amen? Amen. All right. Ushers, you can come forward. Father, bless the giver, those that have not to give. Multiply it to thine intended use. In thy name. Thank you for giving. Thank you for giving online. People online have sent in hundreds. Of, I'm talking like individual people have sent in hundreds of thousands of dollars just watching on YouTube. I can't thank you enough. Pray you have the greatest financial year you've ever had. I don't take that for granted. Praise God. Ten AM noon prayer. Seven PM here, six PM Fort Worth tomorrow, and then through the week, Saturday off. Then Sunday, ten AM, nine AM Texas. And then we finish Monday, break the fast. Thank you, everybody that drove so far to be here. Our new friends from Philadelphia slash India, God bless you. So glad that you're here. Give all our friends that drove in from far a big hand clap. Give Jesus a big hand clap one more time. Amen. Camila, pray a nice blessing over everybody. We'll call it a night. Have you been blessed tonight? If you're watching, I'm going to go with Magalis on, uh, we're going to do a, a, a pop-up check the news just to cover the Iowa caucus because I'm interested in it. And um, that'll be entertaining. So it won't be on YouTube because YouTube is makes Mao seem unrestrictive in his speech policies. Uh, it'll be on the app, Revival Today app, X, and Facebook. I love you. See, the feeling's not mutual. <laughs> Dear Lord, I thank you for this wonderful night, and I thank you that all these people who have been fasting with us will get a reward, a spiritual reward from you, Lord, and that, and that when they have give and when they will give or whenever they give, I thank you that they will be over abundantly blessed, pressed down, shaking together and running over. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you for sharing the Jonathan Shuttlesworth podcast. If you're interested in supporting our mission to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ to our generation, please visit revivaltoday.com and click on Give Now to become one of our monthly partners. Thank you in advance. We hope to see you soon.